This is Daisen Shui X, the podcast, episode 197 for the week of November 15th, 2009. Hey, hey, welcome to Daisen Shui X, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daisen Shui X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in the hopes of enlightening and a little bit. I'm entertaining, or so we try. That's right. Oh, no, are we entertaining? What do you think? uh, In this this episode's case, it's going to be more of information overload (laughs) rather than... And hopefully we'll be entertaining. Mary, you and I, hello. Hi. So you are the Mary. That's me, and you're Mike. I am Mike. Sometimes I go by Vegito EX. What do you go by? Mary. All right, that's pretty simple, easy to understand. I like to keep it easy. It's you and I. This is 197. We're recording Sunday night. It's uh, like 8 p.m. right now. So this is pretty much going up tomorrow. I'm not putting it up tonight. There's a lot of other stuff going up tonight, though. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Although by the time you hear this, it's kind of like listening into the past. Kind of strange. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole point of <laughs> these recordings. <laughs> that's true. It's true. Time shifting. It's I all love it. in the past, man. It's in the past. So we got you and I. What do we got on deck this episode? Well, Holy we've crap. got... Um, well, the reason why this episode is so late is because you've been sinking your teeth into Raging Blast and giving it the full attention it needs. That's Maybe right. Maybe not necessarily deserves. That's right. But we we'll will get, get into that, that later. <laughs> And yeah, it's been taking up a lot of time, and I've been sitting watching you play for the most part. You have. We'll talk about that, though. I know you get many comments about the watching of the playing. In addition to that, Mary, this episode, we're doing contests. Can you believe it? I thought it was just going to be one. Now we're running two simultaneous contests, all to be concluded on episode 200, Grand Celebration in we're a gonna couple weeks. We're going to do it up in big style, peoples. That's right. If you've been following along on the DiZX Twitter, and I think I announced it on the Facebook as well, at least just one of them. We are giving away a copy of Raging Blast for the PS3 courtesy of Nabka Bandai, so pay attention for that later on this episode. In addition to that, this just in as of yesterday, our buddy Tanuki Karibo is donating a MoFo Dragon Box. A MoFo Dragon Box. That's right. The American release, not a Japanese one. I want to make that explicitly clear. Yeah, but it's still clear. good. It's still good. Very, very cool. And we are very, very much thankful to him. So stay tuned to the end of this episode for all the details on that. And of course, you can uh, get everything you need to know over on the website as well. Not a podcast exclusive contest, though we are celebrating 200 episodes of of the show. But like we say, the podcast is an extension of the site, so we want to give everyone a fair shake at uh, all the stuff we got going on. Mary, before we get into the news... Oh, wait. There is no news this episode. Right. Interesting. This is a first for, like, a good long while. It's been pretty jam-packed lately, and, you know, I'm not bemoaning the loss of the news this episode because our topic is going to be so beefy. Beefy, meaty, that's right. Yeah, there's no news this week. No news is good news. It's been good for me as I can just sit and play the game and not worry about updating other shit. True. But uh, we do have a Dragon Box in our hands now, and we're going to do a full review on that next week on the show, but I did want to get some initial thoughts, because a lot of people are getting it in early, even though the official release date has been pushed back to the 17th. I do want to say, it is pretty amazing to finally have it in person. I want to tell the story of how I got this, though. Okay. Because there's an interesting little tidbit there. So, I know a lot of Best Buys have been breaking release date on Funimation's Dragon Box. I don't know if they just didn't get the memo that's been pushed back to the 17th, whatever. They have it in 
in stock. Their website will even tell you what stores have it. I'm sick of waiting. I had it ordered on Amazon. It wasn't even set to ship until I think the first week in December, which is ridiculous because I ordered it pretty early, pre-ordered it pretty early over there. Sick of waiting. I'm just going to go get it in person and cancel my Amazon order. So I got this idea from my buddy Corey who did the same thing. He went to Best Buy with a printout from Target's website of the Dragon Box listing. They were selling it there for I think about 46 bucks or something like that. Now the deal is that Target didn't actually have it in stores. And the printout says this as well, online only. I know a lot of people were able to get the exact price match on theirs. I got quasi price match. They charged me the 46 plus the 299 shipping. That's how they said they were going to match it because it wasn't available in stores. So I basically got it for 50 bucks. I was very happy. But even before checking out, this was really funny. And I hope he's listening now. I hope we have one new podcast listener. I picked up the Dragon Box and I wanted to scout out the DS games to see if they had uh, Attack of the Science there because uh, maybe I'll pick it up. I'm pretty much done with Raging Blast now. So as I was walking over there, guy notices me over working in the section there. And he goes, oh, you got the Dragon Box. Can I help you find something? I'm like, yeah, actually, I'm looking for you know the new DS game, DBZ. I know your website says you don't have it in stock, but it shipped this week. Maybe you have it. You want to check for me. So he's checking it. He's striking up a conversation with me. He's really excited about it, uh, about the Dragon Box saying, you know, he gave up all hope a year ago that they weren't even going to put this out. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. If he's you know, aware of the Dragon Box and gave up hope that it was even coming out here. So I asked him, you know, you're a big fan of this? And I forgot what he said something like, oh yeah, I'm the biggest fan on the East Coast, whatever. So I mentioned to him, hey, um... You know, every week I talk about this stuff on the internet. Maybe you're interested in uh, checking out the show. So I, I think his name was G. Hall from Best Buy. If you're tuning into the show, we are glad to have you with us. And thank you very much for uh, looking for the game that you didn't have in stock. But that's okay, because I got the Dragon Box from your store. And yeah. that's my story. <laughs> All right. I think, um, oh, just some basic thoughts on the Dragon Box. Totally forgot about that. Uh, it's really nice. It's smaller than the Japanese boxes, but it's a good size, you know, equivalent to American stuff. The book that came with it, the Dragon Book, very, very nice, although it has a few little inconsistencies. Uh, one place in there says Cybermen, and then another says Cybai Men, the latter obviously being correct. Otherwise, it's great to finally see something that says Tenshin Han and Kududin with Kienzan and Taioken with translations next to them. It just warms my American Dragon Ball fan heart to see this kind of stuff. Uh, a couple other little issues in the book. There were some random question marks and parentheses. I don't know if those were leftover translation notes or something, but overall, just absolutely great. Otherwise, it is just great to pop in the disc and go for someone like myself. I don't have to change the language. I don't have to change the subtitles. It's just exactly what I want. The subtitles, of particular note, uh, are updated a little bit in the songs. The top of the screen has a romanization of the lyrics, and the bottom has a translation. It was great because I realized I've been singing the wrong songs to Chala Head Chala for over a decade. The wrong songs? The wrong lyrics? The wrong lyrics. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> what have you been singing? What were you I wrong? don't want to go into that. Okay. It was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, we'll talk at length about some of the technical details next week, I think. But the picture quality overall is basically what we expected. The slightest drop from the Japanese releases, but pretty damn amazing. And really, we couldn't ask for a whole lot more with an American release at a price we were hoping That could to be pay. the review right there. Yeah, that's true. Now we'll talk much more about it. I know people just endlessly want to hear about it. So well, we'll talk me, more. me, that would be my review. <laughs> you set up my thoughts. All right. Uh, so, Mary, no news. Woohoo! Let's talk about Raging Blast. 
Dragon Ball Raging Blast is a new video game for the PS3 and 360. Now, it's a 3D fighting game, very different from other 3D fighting games on the market. The camera angle is kind of pulled back to the back side of the player, almost over the shoulder a little bit. This is developed by Spike, who also did the Sparking series, which was released here in the U.S. as Budokai Tenkaichi, uh, reverse word order there, and published by Namco Bandai. It was released basically simultaneously worldwide, really just within a couple days of each other. Now, I do want to say that there is a full, extensive, amazingly long written review up on the site. This audio review is not meant to replace it, but to supplement it, just like the podcast in general, an extension of the site. So everything that you hear on this show, much, much more detail in depth over in the written review. I absolutely recommend you go check it out. The meat of this game is going to be the Dragon Battle Collection. It's the story mode, the single player mode. It goes through the Saiyajin arc, through the Boo arc, as well as a couple others. There's a little mini Bardock story, a Broly story, and then there's a What If section with 18 little stories fights in them. Some of these are unlocked from the start, and others you have to unlock along the way as you're playing. There's plenty of other modes, though they don't really have a whole lot of new material to them. There's your arcade mode, your survival mode, and these areas are where you collect the Dragon Balls, though you only unlock extra customization items. All the characters are unlocked through the main story mode, and that includes purchasing the extra fights to then unlock those characters. Some of them are kind of a two-step process. Some you'll be like 17 and 18, you just play against them and beat them, and you automatically unlock them. Others, you have to go to a little more effort. That's really going to be characters like the new Super Saiyan 3 characters. So how do you actually pay for and unlock this stuff? Well, there's two in-game currencies, as I'll call them. There's D-Points, which basically replace the Zenny in every other Dragon Ball game. And then there's Stars, and these are the interesting ones. Now, you get the D-Points... With all the fights that you do, you know, the fight ends, you win, you get so many points. And also the loading screen finally has a minigame that does something for you. You've always been able to do things like make Vegeta do the push-ups faster or go on pulls out the sword. This is Kintone flying around uh, getting little capsules and you can control it and get points. The stars though, the interesting ones, those you only get for fulfilling certain mission objectives in the Dragon Battle Collection story mode. However, you don't even learn what those missions are or can attempt to do them until you've beaten that particular story slash fight whatever in the dragon battle collection mode so yeah you kind of have to play through the game twice That's so stupid you can unlock stuff so much faster if they just let you do the missions right off the bat that's i don't I, get I it such a huge problem with that we've played lots of other games that have these kinds of missions i'm thinking of uh, jump ultimate stars and battle stadium don those are other non-traditional fighting games those are more in the party style you had certain mission objectives there, but they would tell you what some of them are from the start. There may be a secret bonus one that you don't learn right away. To make you replay these missions again, this I had a huge, huge, huge problem with in this game. Every single one of them, a mission is beat it on hard, so you at least know going into what you can do. But you don't get that start unless you beat it first. So really, there's no incentive to play on anything other than easier medium your first round through, because you're going to have to play it on hard later on if you want to get a star. That's really the general meat and potatoes of uh, the basic game. Let's talk about the presentation. Mary, I want to get your thoughts. You did a lot of watching with this game. So from your viewpoint, how do you think the in-game battles looked? It's um growing on me. I like the character animations, mm-hmm. and I really like the background designs, although the characters, I wish, had more bold outlines to them. Yeah, I agree. But I like the overall coloring of them. I like that it's not 3D, but it's not... I- 
I don't know. I mean, like I said, sometimes their features, their facial features, I can't see them because the outlines aren't dark enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But overall, I think it's okay. But sometimes I wish there were more backgrounds. Background stages? Yeah. I'm with you. And the stages that are in the game, I think, are very, very bland and very barren. The thing is, there are a lot of destructible objects, but even with them, I feel like the way I described it in the review, it's either really, really wide open, there's nothing there, or it's claustrophobic. Like the caves level. That cave level is just atrocious, and we'll get to why it's atrocious very, very soon. I don't want to harp on that just yet. Uh, how about the the menus and just the rest of the presentation? I, I like the, the menus, actually. I think it's a good departure from the Budokai series and whatever the hell else came after that, where they kind of recycle menus, even sound effects. Mm. It just seemed really repetitive. I like the, for lack of a better phrase, overworld menu mm-hmm. area where it's the different globes and it looks like it's pulled straight out of one of the Daisenshu where they have like the map of the universe. Mm-hmm. So it's all that imagery and they're all in little little spheres and the dragons flying around. They're kind of like little dioramas as you get into the yeah. battle collection mode. Right. So then, yeah, when you go into that kind of stuff and you see what the battles are, those are gorgeous. A little, the graphical representation in 3D of manga panels is really friggin' sweet. Yeah, I, I think this is a big step forward they've made with this game. There's not a whole lot of them in it. So to have something like that really show, I, I guess it's its heritage, where it's coming from, giving really nice nods to the original source material. I want to take it over to the audio, though. Music and voices and all that stuff. Again, you did a lot of watching. Well, that included listening as well. All right. Uh, I feel like I heard the same one song over and over again, and mm-hmm. it's starting to drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. But the voices seem good. I like the... Th- I like the theme song. I'm not in love with it. And the animation that goes with it is really boring. Yeah, the opening animation is just atrocious. It's the same kind of boring stuff we've seen where it's you pit one character versus another and they fight for a little bit and it ends with Broly and who really cares? There's nothing going on. It doesn't feel synced up to the music at all. But you said you don't love the song, I guess, yet. I mean, they usually grow on me, but this one I'm not feeling yet. Have you just not heard it enough times, you think? Uh, maybe. Okay. Well, the CD single comes out later this month. The song is Progression by Hironobu Kageyama. Uh, as opposed to Mary, I absolutely love it. I think this is the shonen spirit that we haven't had in a lot of the songs recently. We've had the rocking guitar. We've had the fun, uplifting, adventurous. This is just that I don't even know how to describe it other than shonen spirit. And uh, I'm looking forward to the CD single. And yes, the opening theme in the American release is the vocal version. So that was great to have come in. Speaking of voices, though, uh, we have some new cast members joining us, though they're not entirely new to their roles because some of them are the Kai voice replacements. Most notably, Hikaru Midorikawa finally getting some, I guess, time to play tension, Han, because he's not just dead in the show like he is in Z. With Hirotaka Suzuoki gone, Mary, he passed away a couple of years ago. Now we have Midorikawa taking over the role. We didn't get a whole lot in Kai. What do you think of his performance here in the game? It's tough to tell because it's just a couple of lines here and there thrown Mm -hmm. over sound effects and background music, but it sounds all right to me. I I I don't know. The Kai replacements don't bother me because by and large they're all minor characters that don't impact the overall presentation of the game itself. True, true. Tenshinhan probably being the biggest replacement out of all of them. The rest are just so 
such minor characters. I mean, who cares? I agree. Well, let me run down the list. It's pretty short. Attention Hunt, obviously. Nappa, Dodoria, Zarbon, Gerd, Gis, Bata, Rikum, and Ginyu. They're all their Kai voices. Uh, some of them, I don't know if they, they're only just now appearing in the show. So it's kind of weird that this is simultaneously coming out at the same time as those voices are just premiering themselves in the show. Uh, they are replaced. A couple weird ones. Uh, for example, Majin Buu's voice also did Gerd, and he doesn't do them here. So I don't know if it's just a consistency thing to make sure we get all the Kai voices and then have them all do their regular major voices. A little weirdness going on, but uh, the Kai voices are there for a few of the characters. Other presentation things. The subtitle text. Very, very, very difficult to see. Now, for us, I mean, we know what some of the big lines of dialogue are. I mean, when Fujita's saying, oh my god, number one, or whatever it is, we know what some of that stuff is. Uh, As someone who was watching it, what did you think? Because I didn't get a whole lot of time to pay attention to it down Um, there. Well, I felt either, like, the font was a really poor choice, or my eyesight's getting really bad, because we have a 50-inch TV, and I couldn't read it most of the time. I think it needed just a little more of a border on the white text. That would have helped. Or just thicker white text with a border. But sometimes the words that appeared on the screen were inappropriate to what was going out in the fight. Oh, tell me about this, because again, I was paying attention to the fight, and I didn't always notice what the conversations were. So this was mostly in fights where you switch out characters. So let's say Piccolo was fighting, and now he's watching from the sidelines, and then a bit of text would appear, and the context would be as if he was the one still fighting. Mm. So it was just inappropriate to what was going on at the screen at that moment. And it happened a lot, actually. The one time I noticed it myself was in one of Broly's stories, where for whatever, I think it was a what if, for whatever reason, Dr. Garrow was controlling him. It was the same thing where the character switched out. Dr. Garrow was no longer fighting, and then his dialogue made it seem as if number him and number 19 were fighting. So I don't know if they were just repurposing dialogue and did a rush job, or if it's actually pulling the wrong dialogue for these scenes, but that kind of sucked. Last presentation thing we got to talk about, and this affects every single other aspect of the game, is the camera. Flat out, it's unacceptable, and I think it hurts the game more than I can possibly put in words. That's how I feel about it as a gaming perspective, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, but Mary, I will defer to you again as someone who was watching it. How did that affect your viewing experience? Well, it was getting to the point where I was really enjoying watching you play the game, because at some points during the fights, it would be so on that I almost felt like I really was watching the show, Mm -hmm. and then the camera gets messed up, and I'm staring at a rock for like five solid seconds, and it takes you so out of the fight that... No, I'm just the one watching it, so it doesn't matter what I think, but you, as the person playing the game, you just must have felt so confused and lost and killed your momentum. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it was real. I mean, it just takes you out of the experience in more ways than one. It's a great way to describe it. It kills the momentum in a couple different ways. One for your own gaming, and another, the frame rate takes a dive in a lot of places when I was stuck up against a rock, and you know, I'd see a translucent crotch of my character, and I wouldn't see the other character at all. I think a lot of people are talking about the camera... It, it really is actually that bad. Or maybe you just get stuck by rocks too much. Maybe that's it. But for example, Sometimes like if you're in the sky, though, you'll just completely lose sight of your opponent. Mm-hmm. And it's odd. And the lock-on for your opponent isn't the same as it was in the previous Sparking game, so it's a little more difficult that way. But I want to talk about the rocks and stuff. We mentioned the cave stage earlier, where it's basically, you're surrounded by little... Stalactites and stalagmites all over the place. Honestly, you just don't see anything, I'm going to say maybe a quarter of the time when you're fighting. 
you just do not see either yourself or your opponent. It is really that bad. And, you know, we've had these problems in the past. I've talked about Legends before, where you fly up and you're in the the middle of these meteor attacks. You just kind of learn where you are and how long it is before you reach your opponent to attack them again. You can overcome that a little bit in this game. You just kind of learn where you are and assume a couple things about how you're going to hit them. But because it's not 2D, you may be a little bit up on a cliff above them and you're not going to connect and the graphics start clipping and he's halfway inside the rocks. The camera is just an abomination and it hurts this game so, so so much. Let's talk about how you actually play the game itself. A lot of us describe this as a DBZ simulator, a la the Sparking series, and prior to that, Legends, where it's not a 2D fighting game, it's not a 3D fighting game on the 2D field. You're really free to fly anywhere you want. You can fire key blasts from a distance, uh, giant attacks, you can fly into a melee attack and then just sprint up into the air. You really go wherever you want. Now, we've had these games previously with the Sparking series. Uh, it's mixed up a little bit from Meteor. Now, in Raging Blast, you use the left analog stick to control your character, whereas in Sparking series, it was the D-pad. In the new game, the D-pad shifts the camera angle left and right, which you'll never use because you're too busy controlling your character. And down on the D-pad acts as your key charger, which is different from, I think it was L1 on uh, Sparking Meteor. So you are shifting your thumb off of controlling your character to do certain other things. Now, the super moves are probably the biggest change in this game. Your character will have four super moves assigned to them, and they are only controlled with the right analog stick. If you press it up, left, down, and right, or right rather, each of those four directions will initiate a different super attack. So yeah, you have to take your thumb off of the face buttons to go nudge that analog stick in a different direction. This is different from Meteor because there used to be you would have two supers and then those two blast or rush attacks. This is fully customizable. Uh, You actually unlock more than four for many of the characters, and your custom characters can have what whatever moves you want them to have assigned to any of the four directions. So you can really customize your characters in this game a lot more than you could in previous games. If you don't want Goku to have the Kaioken times 20 Kamehameha, whatever it is, he doesn't have to have it. Maybe you want him to have the Genkidama and Kaioken and then two other things. You can assign them that way. So I like that a lot. Uh, Sort of like the capsule system from the first three Budokai games in a way. Uh, um, Maybe not quite as in-depth with assigning things. The gameplay suffers from a lot of control problems. Some of them are from the camera, like I said. When the frame rate drops, the control is absolutely affected by it. The controls in general, I think they're a little sluggish. I've had a lot... But not at the final bout level, right? No, no, not quite the final bout level where things happen a second or two after you press them. (laughs) I've had many instances where I'm trying to follow up an attack with a super move and flipping that analog stick just, it doesn't do it. I'm having a tough time telling if that's just the reaction time of the characters or the recovery time. Whatever reason, I just don't feel like I'm in full control of my characters. They don't respond immediately and exactly as I want them to. The quick time events, there are a few of them. Some of them uh, revolve around pressing a combination of buttons to get an extra boost on your attack, but there's also a lot of analog stick twirling. If your characters hit each other at full speed, it'll kind of circle the camera around them as they're engaged in this high hit blast. Of course, what do you do when you need to twirl your analog stick as fast as you can? Well, you take your right hand off of the face buttons, you put your palm on the analog stick, and you slam that thing around as fast as you can. As I described in uh, the written review of the game, 
I have bruised my palm for the first time since the Nintendo 64 days. It was actually that bad where the middle of my palm was sore because there are so many times that you'll be doing this during the fights. You also have to do that, and Mary, you actually mentioned this, how, how it seemed really stupid. Uh, if you're getting knocked around to recover your character like in midair and get back in the game, twirl the analog stick around. That's what made me stop playing. It's- I mean, other than not really putting in the effort to learn how to play. True, true. Make sure you say that. You didn't put in a whole lot of effort. There's too much analog stick twirling in this game. It, it hurt, honestly. Now, something I have a huge problem with with these games, and it may just be that I don't love these types of games. You've heard us on the show talking about the Sparking series versus Super DBZ. For us, we'd rather play Super DBZ. That's the kind of gameplay we're looking for. Though I do acknowledge that this type of DBZ simulator is what a lot of fans are looking for. Problem I have with it is that doesn't it seem like every character just plays exactly the same? Well, that's what my whole problem is with all these games coming out every year. I mean, every character is the same and nothing's unique, so I've just flat out given up hope even if it is a new series or a new entry or whatever. I mean, I much prefer something like Super DBZ where it's less characters and at least they're individualized. Mm -hmm. That's not to say the characters aren't, but it always seems like the superficial individualities. Yeah, Bata is really fast and his kicks and punches are super fury-tastic. And I found that Jis' kick actually didn't reach as far as the others. I had some trouble following up with him. It's stuff like that that sets him apart. But Square is always going to be your melee attack. Triangle is always going to be your extra key smash, whatever attack it is. Circle is your signature skill. And X is dash. If that's the same thing, every single character, and I can always assume they'll do that the same way. Do I really have any incentive to learn different characters? I just kind of assume they all play the same. Problem is, this really perpetuates that idea that they all do play the same, and it's not really doing anything to help set itself apart and prove that this isn't true. That's a huge problem I have with these games. And it was really bad in Meteor when you had 150 characters. Now we're about half that with about 70 different individualized characters, transformations. But really, I was playing and I felt like I could just switch to any character and play exactly the same. There would be minor differences in them. But they were just that. They were minor differences. Some people might think that's a good thing. That's true. And like I said, a lot. Of, this is what a lot of people are looking for in a DBZ video game. They want to have these free range of movement, huge key attacks. That's fine. That's what you're looking for. Well, we'll wait till my final thoughts on that. Last thing I want to mention about the gameplay and the types of moves that you have is another problem where everyone has the same types of moves available to them. You have your smash attacks, your snap vanishings, and all that kind of different stuff. I found that there are so many moves available to me, offensively and defensively, that I have a hard time keeping track of what I can do during a fight, and I fall back and rely on just a couple different things. I'll do a couple pursuits, I'll do a couple smash attacks, I'll do the homing dash. I end up using just four or five unique attacks plus the super moves, and that's it. There's so much more available to me. I feel like the game moves so fast that, I, I don't know, my brain just can't keep up with all the different things that there are available to me to use. That could just be that, you know, I don't love these types of games and I'm not thinking that way. So if you are, that stuff is there for you. Before we hit our final thoughts, the extra stuff in the game, Mary, you seem to enjoy the what-if fights. That's what saved the game for me because they're just so downright hilarious and in some cases nonsensical. Ever since I got into DBZ, my one of my favorite things was just to go crazy with it and think about, you know, what-ifs and things like that and then to actually have it put in front of you. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, someone else comes up with these wacky ideas. It's just really entertaining to watch. We've had a few of them before. I noted in the review, uh, Sparking Meteor, uh, Akuman had his own storyline, which was great. And the first Supersonic Warriors, or Buku Togeki, I think it was, there was something about a fusion between Piccolo and Piccolo Daimo. We've had some of these in the past. It's nice to see another game actually break them out into their own area with these funny stories. Maybe the very first one is Future Trunks versus Chibi Trunks. Yeah, I made you play that one. I was like, turn that one, I have to see it. And it was cute. There's not a whole lot to it. It's just, oh, Trunks has come to check on himself and see how he's doing or whatever it is. Uh, another really funny one is Zarbon and Dodoria trying out oh, for Ginyu Tuxentai. That was so awesome. And it's it's really just a setup for another one-on-one fight. Great. But just these hilarious situations are enough to make you laugh for a little bit and get ready for another fight. So those are pretty good. How about these uh, new Super Saiyan 3 characters though, Mary? Um, they're there. That's exactly the problem. They're just there. I figured they would be, I don't know, celebrated in the game. For example, the way you unlock Super Saiyan 3 Broly, you have to pay 20 stars for this other fight within the Broly storyline. Now, this fight appears to really just be movie 11. It's Videl, Goten, uh, Trunks, and Gohan fighting just regular Super Saiyan and legendary Super Saiyan Broly. And then after you beat that fight, you unlock Super Saiyan 3 Broly. But he didn't even go 3 during that fight, so that was a little weird. You do fight him as Super Saiyan 3 in Vegeta's what-if storyline to unlock Super Saiyan 3 Vegeta. At least in that one, they are 3. That one's interesting because Vegeta fights all the others. He fights Gotenks, then Broly, then Goku, all of Super Saiyan 3. That's a neat little story there. But other than those kind of minor appearances in one or two fights, I was expecting more. I mean, there was such a huge hype for Super Saiyan 3 Broly that to have it not be more heavily integrated into a bigger what-if story was a little weird. I do want to mention two glitches I ran into during the game, other than just graphical stuff going on. Uh, during the Bardock what-if fight, he fights Gohan and Goten. It's this weird, like, I'm having this premonition and I'm fighting my son's sons, whatever it was. Uh, I had a problem where I beat Goten and his body collapsed and Gohan was supposed to come out and fight me. Except he never did. Goten's body just laid there on the ground. I was free to fly around and beat away on him and charge up my key all the way and unleash super attacks. Gohan just never came out. I was forced to quit the fight and come back in. Then uh, another one, amazingly enough, Bardock. The game just froze on me entirely. I, uh, I was fighting Frieza, I think it was. Uh, the music kept playing, but the screen froze up. I could not get the game to respond at all. I had to go up over to the system and physically turn it off to get it to come back on. So there are glitches in this game. Hopefully those can be patched out in the future. So final thoughts on Raging Blast. Again, I encourage you all to check out the full written review. Mary, I want to get your thoughts as the viewer and someone who played for about 30 seconds. <laughs> well, the fact that I only played for 30 seconds on uh... Uh, speaks a lot to both my laziness and the game's inability to capture me but then again my heart hasn't been into dbz video games for like four years now yeah so there's that but i did enjoy watching you i mean yeah you were cursing at the camera and it has its flaws but when you were you know really into it i enjoyed watching it and it almost looked like it was fun to play and i kind of wish i was good at it (laughs) I want to be good at it because it looked like, you know, when it's not sucking, 
it it looks like you're having a good time. Well, here are my thoughts then. As someone who <laughs> played through basically the whole game many times, I did online multiplayer. I did single player. I mean, I was all over the place. I did the training modes, everything. So <sighs> the game wants to simplify itself a little down from Meteor. Problem is... As you mentioned, Mary, it's still pretty unapproachable in a whole lot of different ways. If you're not specifically looking to have this type of gaming experience and haven't been playing it for the last few years, I don't know how you just pick this up and play it. I mean, I'm having problems and I have played through all of the Sparking games. It's tough. I mean, your fingers are doing all sorts of acrobatics on the controller. Sometimes it's just not fun to do that. A lot of people have been asking... Is this really just a high-def remake of the first Sparking game? A lot of people said the burst limit was a high-def remake of the first Budokai game, and now we have a reboot from the same developer using the same type of game engine on new hardware. Is it? It kind of is. I mean, it's a reboot of that. All the advertisements for the game said it was a new evolution of the Sparking series, so if they're going to call it that, we'll call them on their calling it if that makes any sense. It just feels like a reboot to the Sparking series in high def. Is that going to be enough for you though? Because if the game has so many problems, the camera being the biggest one, that's going to affect everything, your your entire gaming experience. Is it enough just to be playing this game in 720p? Does that justify it? My answer is no, it is not. Unless you plan on spending hours upon hours upon hours with the online multiplayer which is great it works flawlessly i had no problems i was doing it on ps3 uh, i can't speak for live on this one i just haven't tried it out even with not optimal connection speeds it was running 60 frames per second i felt no lag whatsoever i know for those of you that had trouble with meteor on the wii and it just didn't work this is going to feel like an amen experience to finally get something like this unless that's what you're looking to do and you can get guarantee yourself you're going to spend countless hours in the online multiplayer you're best sticking off with sparking meteor you've got double the characters you're familiar with how that game plays it's not overly simplified and if you're into that game you're you're cool with how complex it is the new moves really aren't enough to set this apart it's really a shame i feel like this game had a lot going for it it's got some great graphical things going on some great nods to the original material i cannot give it any kind of overwhelming recommendation for anything other than the online multiplayer, which is great. It sounds like it's appropriate as a rental, though. Yeah, it's it's not a $60 game. And I have to wonder, I think Corey pointed this out in the forum, is a lot of the release date price cuts reflective of the quality? I mean, GameStop was selling it for $40 upon release. Does that say something? What do you think? Do game do stores do that, though? Do they see a game beforehand and decide, I'm going to reprice this on a whim of, you know, quality that may or may not be there? I don't know. $20 is a big cut for the first day of release, and it's still at that price a lot of places. Guys? unfortunately i think sparking meteor is still the best place to get this type of gaming experience i went back and popped it in maybe two weeks ago now it holds up i think it still looks great and moves fluidly it's not my favorite game but if that's what you're looking for sparking meteor is where it's at raging blast 2 i hope if it comes out can improve upon all the problems fix that camera up a bit and then you jump up to a whole new level of gaming mary that is mostly my review a little bit of uh, stuff from you there raging blast 
We are halfway through November. Not a whole lot else coming out the rest of the month. Or is there? A few things going on. Talked about it. We're going to talk about it more next week, November 17th, a Tuesday. The first Dragon Box from Funimation. DBZ TV episodes 1 through 42. It's on six discs, two audio tracks to get the Japanese mono and a 5.1 dub with the Japanese music. MSRP is $79.98. Varying prices all over the place. Amazon still got the $47.99, but you can't be guaranteed a shipment with them right now. So uh, check your local Best Buys, Targets, all those kind of places. See what you can get. Mary, take it away the next day over in Japan, though. We've got the Dragon Ball Kai original soundtrack volume 2, catalog number COCX35922. There are more than 30 background mu- music tracks, plus the opening and ending themes. It's about 2940 MSRP uh, yen, that is, and you can get it on CD Japan for 2800 yen. Also that day, we've got Dragon Ball GT TV special remastered Spanish edition. This is a Region 2 PAL single disc. The language is on it are Castilian and Japanese with Castilian subtitles. You can get it for oh the low low price of eight ninety five euros, and we've got a link to it on ZonaDVD.com that you can find wherever Mike posts this stuff. <laughs> so Mike, yes. Thursday the nineteenth. Yes, day after day after day here. The nineteenth Thursday over in Japan, we've got Dragon Ball Kai calendar. There were two months per giant image throughout this calendar. Fifteen seventy five yen MSRP. CD Japan has got about a buck off for fifteen hundred. I shoot it back over to you, Mary the next day, November 20th. Oh my god, more Kai stuff. It's a single disc uh, DVD, Volume 3 with Kai Episodes 7 through 9, 16 by 9 aspect ratio, cropped and in standard definition. You can get it for 2,940 yen or pre-order it on CD Japan for 2,800 yen or Amazon Japan has it for uh, 2,176 yen, so pretty sweet deal. 25th, last stuff in the month. Two things, two different countries. Over in Japan, we've got the Progression CD single, LAC M4647. This is the opening theme to Dragon Ball Raging Blast performed by Hironobu Kakayama. 1200 yen, CD Japan again, a little bit off, not a whole lot 1143 yen. And then finally the French Kanzenban Dragon Ball Volume 5 from Glenot It is 1055 euros, Amazon France. It has the pre-order for 1002 Release is done, let's do a couple emails. <laughs> Mary, I propose this question to you, coming to us from Sad61. You ready for this? Let's do it! I was wondering, should I buy the Dragon Ball Seasons being released now, or should I wait to see if Funimation releases them as Dragon Boxes? The original Dragon Ball TV series, that is. Thank you, and keep up the great work on the website and podcast. Oh, why are you throwing that to me? I'm not a mind reader of the future. What do you think people should do different situations Ugh. we have the dragon boxes for z coming out from funimation we also have these new remastered sets for the dragon ball series not dragon box material i don't know it depends on how bad you want it i guess I think that's really it yeah i mean if you really love dragon ball i don't see anything wrong with the product being put out right now other than you know not the super oh my god crazy awesome quality but passable enough mm-hmm. it's a personal preference thing i mean great you know i was thinking about buying these and now this email's <laughs> got me thinking maybe i should hold out and wait but i think the big one is first 13 episodes they've never been available uncut in this country if you're looking to pick those up get that first set and you'll finally be able to watch them in japanese and i guess even if you want to watch the uncut english dub as well you can grab them there 
They look fine. They're missing the Japanese title cards and a couple other minor issues, but overall, they're decent. How bad do you want it? How many holes do you have in your collection from the original two-disc sets? That That's it. Get them at a good price. Go for it. So, Mary, we have another email. All these South Americans are coming out of the woodwork to proclaim their love for Saint Seiya and occasionally talk about Dragon Ball with us as well. <laughs> so, tell me, what does Ricardo from Brazil have to say? Play art is known for their low quality, picture sound, translation, packing, and so on regarding their releases. They're responsible for releasing the whole Saint Seiya series in DVD here in Brazil, but unfortunately, it's way too expensive for what they offer. And you thought Funny was bad, huh? Alright, so Ricardo was talking about, we talked about this last week, how there's a, I guess a new re-license for Dragon Ball with uh, material coming out in South America, different countries, different companies. And I said, hey, I have no idea what's going on, what has aired down there, etc. So Ricardo's got a little more, he's got an explanation of uh, what's been on in Brazil. Half of the Dragon Ball series was aired in SBT in early 1990s. It stopped when Goku started to climb Karin's Tower. Later on, about the time Cartoon Network started airing DBZ in the USA, it came to Brazil as well. Other broadcasters were TV, Bandari, Ron- oh god, I'm sorry, Bandari, <laughs> Rantes, and Rede Globo. This one was the worst, as the entire show was censored, cut due to the episode length and other minor problems. Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball GT were aired a few years later in this same Rede Globo broadcaster. Dragon Ball never saw an official home release here in Brazil, neither on VHS or DVD. In fact, we had many small releases that actually seemed to be bootlegs, as it only included the local dubbing and ignored the original Japanese track. The more recent release was from USA Films. They released 12 discs for a total of 36 episodes. Uh, each disc priced at about 25 bucks uh, R. We're American. We don't understand foreign uh, currency. Which is around $15 US dollars, and <laughs> we Brazilians aren't aware either this is uh, an official or a bootleg. I could have break in. I love how even they don't know. Like, these companies are putting out material. Where did these companies get it? Are they just, like, taping it off of TV and putting out DVDs? And even they're like, we don't know what this is. Right, anyway, <laughs> anime fans in general don't get much here. Only the high-quality anime DVDs were released by Sony slash Columbia Pictures, such as Metropolis, Cowboy Bebop Knocking on Heaven's Door, Paprika, Final Fantasy, Seven Advent Children. Uh, all these DVDs are pretty much the region one releases with Brazilian Portuguese subtitles. Other than that, Saint Seiya, Naruto, One Piece, and other anime never saw a good DVD release in Brazil. Our Animatrix DVD doesn't include Japanese audio. The one place in the world that Warner messed this big, messed this big with this DVD. Sorry, I'm having trouble reading. That's why we have so many fan subs and their translations aren't any better than play arts. So, any questions? My English wasn't clear enough? Want to ask anything else? Feel free to say so, dude. <laughs> Thank Smiley you. face. Thank you so much, Ricardo. I love hearing what's going on in other countries. It does put it in perspective a little bit. I mean... It makes you think, wow, we really don't have it that bad, do we? <laughs> it took us 15 years, but we got the motherfucking Dragon Box now. Thank you so much to all of our South American friends. Again, I say this is why I love working on our site and our podcast by extension so much. 
Dragon Ball is such a global phenomenon and everyone can just get together and have super cheesy ultra shonen spirit together. Mary, if people have questions and want to tell us what's going on in South America with Saint Seiya, where are they sending their emails to? Send your emails to saintseiya at, di- I mean, no, <laughs> wait, at podcast at diezx.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Yes. Also check us out on Twitter. The main account is diezx. You can also find us individually, Vegito EX, Saya Jedi, and Mary T.O.T. Hey, hey, who is it, Saya Jedi? Oh, that, that, that's Julian. And speaking of Mary T.O.T., Mary. Yo! Contests. Oh my god! That wasn't quite the segue I thought. <laughs> I'm not very I thought, good I thought at you were going to say, what does a T.O.T. stand for? And then I was going to go into a rambling explanation. Would you like to? Temple of Trunks is All a right. website that Fair I want. Alright, let's talk about the contest then. Episode 200, just a couple weeks off now. Very exciting. So, we will be giving away one copy of Raging Blast. It is the PS3 version, courtesy of Namco Bandai. And then we have one copy of the Funimation Dragon Box, courtesy of our buddy Tanuki Kuribo. So, folks, you can enter both contests, but you can enter them each only once. Mary, their emails are going to a special address. This, right. This is part of how you win. Send it to the right Listen place. Listen to directions and send them to contest at Dice zx.com c-o-n-t-e-s-t at d-a-i-z-e-x.com so you can you know enter both contests uh let's say you want raging blast uh so you just send an email with a subject line raging blast over to contest at dizx.com let's say you also want the dragon box or just the dragon box maybe you already have raging blast uh in the subject line you put in dragon box and send that over to contest at dizx.com if you want both you send two emails that's right. One to each. Now, folks, the body of the email can be whatever you want. The subject is really what matters here. However, make us laugh. It doesn't help your chances, but it sure brightens my day when I read these contest emails coming in every day. I appreciate it. These are both going to be random drawings on episode 200 in just a few weeks here. The deadline for your entries, Friday, December 4th at 11.59 p.m. or 23.59. That would be Eastern Standard American Time, the best time there is. Get your entries in. Full details will be on the website. Mary, that wraps us up. Episode 197, 198 next week. We're closing in 200. Oh my God. Next week, we will talk about Funimation's Dragon Box. We will give it a full review with more technical details and probably a bit of splooging. We're pretty happy about this. So tune in then. Uh, in the meantime, you are Mary. You want to plug anything? Uh, yes, my site is Temple of Trunks. And I was actually on my homepage the other day, and I saw that I have updates dating back to 2006 on my homepage. Nice. So I was very embarrassed. But maybe you can go to the site and like it anyway, despite it's being stuck in the past. It's old. Anyway. It's juvenile. It's Mary's. It's very juvenile. Templeoftrunks.com. T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S.com. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, you're there. Julian and myself can be found at... Uh, Julian, that guy. Come back soon. That guy. That guy with the porn star mustache. We can be found at Dies and Shoeyx. www.daizex.com. That is the address of the site you're listening to right now. <laughs> If you are listening to that website right now. All right, we'll see you folks next week, 198. Stay tuned to the website for contest details and the full review of Raging Plaza, all that good stuff. Mary over here. Bye. For Julian off in Japan, my name is Mike, Vegito EX. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Daizen Shui X, the podcast. We'll see you next time.
Jikai, Dai Zenshu EXU, ZA Podcast, The Dragon Box, ZA Review!